The Korean War introduced a jet fighter dogfight. Before this, everything else had been propeller driven. The North Koreans had just been equipped with the Mi Russian MiG fighter, and the Americans had the Super Sabre jet. And little known to the American public that many times in an air to air dogfight between jets, one believed to be North Korean pilots actually turned out to be Russian pilots. So the Cold War, in effect, some of the first pilots that the Americans shot down were Russian, even though the Russians have denied this fact. After the invasions at Weijambu, North Korea successfully pushed all forces to the city of Pusan and encircled the city. The fighting is horrible because the North have adopted Soviet tactics by sending wave after wave of men into a hail of steel. And one observation of a soldier at the Pusan perimeter remarked, the Chinese just kept on coming. We were killing them so many so quickly, the Chinese behind the ones that we had just killed had to climb over the bodies that were creating a wall, and they just kept on coming. She's long gone, and now I'm lonesome blue. I had me a woman who couldn't be true. She made me for my money, and she made me blue. A man needs a woman that he can lean on. But my leaning post is done, left and gone She's long gone And now I'm lonesome blue I'm gonna find me a river, one that's cold as ice. And when I find me that river, Lord, I'm gonna pay the price, oh Lord. I'm going down in it three times, but Lord, I'm only coming up twice. She's long gone and now. I'm lonesome blue She told me on Sunday she was checking me out 
Along about Monday she was nowhere about And yet is Tuesday ain't had no news Malcolm Griswold served in the Army during the Korean War. He was able to join World War II veterans and a couple Vietnam veterans from Warm Springs and Jefferson County on the 2013 Honor Tour to visit the war memorials and monuments in Washington, D.C. When I was 18, I tried to join the service. I went through all of them. <laughs> and they finally told me it was World War II was winding down and they were getting rid of people, but they were only taking people that were in perfect physical condition and one thing at that time. And uh, that old doctor was poking around and whatnot, and he says, uh, you have lower back problem, don't you? I said, well, yeah, some. Well, he says, you have arthritis in your back. He says, you're 4F. I says, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I said, that's the first I know of it. Well, come to find out it runs in the family. So I was born with it. <laughs> so I went ahead and decided I was going to have start raising a family one thing or another. But that was about 1950 when the Korean War broke out. <laughs> I got a little letter in the mail saying I was now 1A. <laughs> Three days later, they got another letter to report for physical. <laughs> so I wound up in the Army in Fort Lewis just... Boy, my head was still swimming, figuring out, what's going on here? <laughs> I told that, that doctor, said, were you ever turned down for a service? I said, yeah, I'm 4F because I have arthritis. Ah, he said, that... That won't bother you none. He says, you don't have it enough, he says, to keep you out of the service. At that point, I was getting ready to, to uh, settle down and start a family. In fact, I was going with a girl that we were planning on getting married. <laughs> I mean, started drafting people just every month. I think there was one draft went in September, and the next one went in first November, which caught me. And then right after that, about uh, December, just before Christmas, they drafted another bunch. <laughs> My younger brother at that time went out, he says, whoa, he says, him and, and uh, about six of the kids that he'd gone, that was going to school with and whatnot, they all run down and joined the Marines. <laughs> In the Korean War, there was a lot of small places that couldn't meet their quotas of non-married families and started dry, uh, drafting families, people that had already had started families. Took basic training in Fort Lewis, and uh, they finally called us all out for uh, shipment out to overseas and one thing or another. But uh, the funny part of it is when I was in boot camp, I was on uh, combat engineers. I was on a firing range. And the sergeant come up and he says, you're being shipped out. Go pack up your gear and get ready to go. You're going to be gone at 4 o'clock this afternoon. So he says, you've got to get rid of everything. <laughs> uh, about four of us went back to base finally, and they, we all turned our stuff in and one thing or another and got ready to be moved out at 4 o'clock, as the sergeant told us. 
come along four o'clock. Well, I went out to the orderly room and I says, hey, I says, where are we going? <laughs> and he looked at me and he says, well, your name is on the list to ship out. But he says, where? I don't know. They didn't send that down. <laughs> Two weeks later, I was still waiting for my notice. <laughs> they kept giving us different tests or uh, eyesight and so on and so forth. The letters and numbers and these colored dots. Finally, my name was called out after standing out there to, for two hours. <laughs> they told me to go down the street and get in the second truck on the street. I said, all right. So that's, we sat until there was about a dozen of us in this truck. <laughs> and started come by and he said, okay, he says, you guys are gone. <laughs> we went down the street six blocks, made a turn, and unloaded. <laughs> I, I said, what's going on? And the man said, well, he says, you're picked for one of these three recon tank companies that they're activating. Oh, all right. So then I started basic training all over again with these light tanks. <laughs> and they had us doing different jobs all during this boot camp, as we call it. Uh, they had me driving tanks, driving jeeps, driving trucks. So uh, one day in the, in the motor pool, well, I took brought the, I was supposed to take his deuce and a half, as they called them, down to the motor pool and have the front end re-greased, the front wheel drive setup. He said needed new uh, grease and, and uh, at the time, they had, uh, while we was in basic training, they had uh, three mechanics from Quartermaster doing the mechanics work. Uh, and then the motor sergeant was trying to get people to build up the train in the motor pool at the time. And uh, he was having a hard time getting people. Anyway, I went in and I says, uh, if there's a toolbox handy or whatnot, I'll take the front wheels off of this thing till waiting for the mechanic to get back out of the field to, to do the work on it. Well, I got the wheels off and I got to looking at the front end of it one thing or another and I says, I'd been enough of a mechanic on this farm that uh, I was raised and my dad always had me help him doing overall work. So I just tore the dang thing apart put in new grease seal, repacked all the grease bearings and everything, and put the wheels back on, and I was sitting there putting a, uh, one of the wheels back on. Of course, I'm ambidextrous. I use both hands whatever I'm doing. I was spinning the luck bolts back on it. Uh, motor sergeant was standing there watching me for a few minutes. Then he walked off. I don't know where he went, one thing or another, but I'd Finished up and was cleaning the tools up, putting them back in a toolbox. The motor sergeant come along and he says, you're all done, huh? And I says, yeah. No, he says, that was fast. And I said, well, it wasn't, everything was simple, you know. I've done this kind of thing before uh, where I was raised. Oh, he says, good. He says, uh, here, 
put this on that toolbox. And he had my name on a stencil. I said, why? He says, you are now mine. <laughs> he says, I've been looking for mechanics. And he says, I got one driving a damn truck out here. <laughs> I spent the rest of my time in the service working on tanks and trucks. <laughs> in fact, they even sent me to troubleshooting school. <laughs> come along one morning and says, well, he says, you're going to be shipped to Korea as a tank mechanic. Oh, okay. I said, so I'm going to go overseas, you know. <laughs> Two weeks later, <laughs> I was in the motor pool, and the captain come along, and he says, uh, I said, uh, Captain Mash says, what happened to my orders, orders to go to Korea? He says, forget it. <laughs> He says, you don't need to go to Korea. He says, in fact, he says, we sent you to school so you could help train mechanics <laughs> for replacements when you get through. <laughs> so then they shipped the, uh, they had three tank companies, and they shipped one to uh, Fairbanks and one to Anchorage. And then uh, the captain caught <laughs> one day, and he says, well, he says, uh, we're not going any place. I said, what do you mean we're not going any place? Well, he says, for some reason, headquarters decided that our company was going to stay here and train reserve officers. Oh, great. <laughs> so about six months, that's all we did was retrain officers and reserve people and one thing or another back into the service again for shipment overseas. And uh, he says, when we get that done, he says, we're going to Alaska. <laughs> so then I spent the rest of the, the next year in Alaska, in Anchorage, where they shipped us back home again. You're listening to All Day Veterans Programming for Veterans Day here on 91.9 FM KWSO. The cattle are prowling, the coyotes are howling, we out where the doggies bawl. Where spurs are a jingling, a cowboy is singing this lonesome cattle call. day's work is done as he rounds up the cattle each fall singing his cattle call Riding the prairie 
and he sings with an old western drawl. Singing his cattle call. 